Good morning. Can you guys hear me okay? Awesome. Well, that was a little bit of an odd... I didn't want to say, and now we're going to have one song before I come up to preach. You you know, you don't want to like... So I'm like, okay, you know, before before the lesson, kind of leave you in suspense a little bit, you know. But good morning, church! It is so good to be back. And and just to to share with you a little bit... I know that the, even the welcoming the students was, was kind of a, a smaller part of this service, but I want to say that just how excited my wife and I are that the entire campus ministry is back. That all of our students have kind of come, that the family, you know, over summertime, they, a lot of them go home to their home churches or, or back to, to kind of the places which they've come from, which for some of our students is, is all over the world. But to kind of have the family all back together, unified again, is so encouraging. And as I was thinking about, you know, what, what to kind of do this on, now that school has started, especially even our, our teen ministry, school is now in full swing. And I thought, as I was kind of thinking about that, you know, the world today that we live in is such a place that Morality is kind of becoming more and more and more a matter of opinion. What's moral? Where social norms are becoming more and more and more ungodly. Kind of unrighteous. You know, I love uh, Justin's communion last week where he talked about, you know, we live in a world that is aggressively unrighteous. You know, that that kind of rejects righteousness. And that's kind of the reality that we have to face. And, and this kind of came about because I was talking with some of my students and we were reminiscing on old TV shows. Right? When you think about what used to be on Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network, you know, your parents are like really familiar with these things, right? The, the shows were very different back then. Right? Even when you think of your childhood, you know, the Flintstones was always a safe show. You know, Scooby-Doo was always a safe show. But now it's like you know, when you turn on the TV... Even if you go to a kid-friendly network like Disney Channel, or you've got to be careful sometimes. I've seen some shows on, on Nickelodeon when I was living with uh, my dad and, and had nieces in the house. You know, like, I would watch some of the shows that they would walk into a room and they're watching something, and I would go, I feel like this is, this is like primetime TV. There's some things on this channel that make me uncomfortable, let alone... You know, my five-year-old niece. And I was thinking, you know, for parents, for students kind of coming back to school, can, there can be a sense of kind of this dread. You know, that as much as we want to come back and see our friends, that we're kind of coming back again to this environment that's growing more and more and more worldly. And for parents, you know you're kind of sending your kids into these places. And so that can be concerning. You know, that I'm sending my kid to this this great establishment, whether it's a university or, or just a great high school, but these places are becoming spiritually more and more unsafe in many ways. You know, in Ezekiel twenty-two thirty, God tells Ezekiel, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. You know, you see, even in this time, God was looking for men and women who were going to stand in the gap. God was looking for men and women who were 
going to take risks, who are going to step out on boldness and step out on faith for God's glory and for God's honor. And, and as disciples today, there, there's a growing and gr- has kind of always existed, but there's a growing and growing need for us to more firmly and more zealously hold on to God's standard and to more zealously and more firmly reject the world's standard when it comes to even how they describe being Christians. And so turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to look at kind of a, kind of sit down into a passage here in 2 Corinthians where Paul is addressing the church and really kind of dig into some of the things that Paul knew they kind of needed to understand today. The title of my lesson is, Now is the Time. And as we open up in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1, we kind of set the stage a little bit. It says, As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that the ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. You know, Paul reminds us, kind of through this passage and through this exposition, that now is the time. Now is the day. And you would think that that's something that that we don't need really to be reminded of. But for many of us, We need it desperately. We need a reminder of this. And he talks about specifically so that we will not receive God's grace in vain. And I thought about that. And and even as I read this passage, one thing that really stuck out to me was he says we commend ourselves. And it just kind of seemed out of place. Well, that doesn't make sense. What does that mean? So I went back and I looked at kind of the Greek root of the word there. The Greek word for commend used here is sunistami. And that's, that's the way it's spelled, but unless we have any Greek scholars in the house that can help me with my Greek, it's sunistami, which means to show, prove, exhibit, or establish. And so Paul kind of brings it back and he says, now is the day of salvation. And so because of that, 
because we don't want to make God's grace something that's happening in vain, something that's wasted. He says we do nothing to hinder the ministry. In every way, we commend, we sunistami, we prove ourselves to be servants of God. Prove. There's something kind of biting when someone tells you, oh yeah, prove it. Right? Have you guys ever experienced that? When so, you, maybe you were in an argument or you were saying something and, and you had this great, you're on a flow, you had this great argument with maybe statistics to back, and they go, okay, yeah, prove it. And it's kind of like a wall drops and you're like, ugh, all right, got to go now. Got to do something. You know, it requires more. Now I've got to make some kind of landmark here to prove my point. And Paul says, look, because of God's grace, and so it doesn't have, we can't just talk about it. We can't just let it be. We can't just go through it. He says, we commend ourselves. We prove, we, exi- we establish that we are servants of God. He says, now is the time. And I know I can kind of feel sometimes that when God calls me to something that sounds great or sounds good or is grand on a scale maybe that I'm I'm not comfortable with, I can feel like, God, now is not the time. I'm not ready. God, I, I am not ready for what... You know, and you don't really know what that means, but there's a sense of, I don't really want to do that. So I am not yet ready. And he goes, no, 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 now is the time. And I go, God, that's, my timing is a little different than yours maybe. And sometimes we can kind of get into this mode where we live on our own timing. I know for, we have a, a brother in the campus ministry who plays on the UCLA football team, Johnny Johnson. And I've walked on camp, you know, I've been sharing with, with my wife on campus, and I've gone sharing with Johnny, and we're out there, and we're sharing our faith. And, and when, when a f- like three or four, I was walking on campus the other day, right past Poly Pavilion, and practice had just gotten out. And like five of these guys from the football team were just kind of like walking off the field towards me. And I, I, fi- I feel like I'm a fairly fit person. You know, I, I like to think of myself, you know, Kenny did his lesson up here with the, with the weights a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I feel like I'm a fairly fit individual. When we play sports, I, you know, I, I tangle with, with Juan Leon and some of the bigger guys, because I'm like, yeah, I can do this. When you're walking towards UCLA football players, and they're just getting bigger and bigger with kind of every step, and, and when they're towering over you, and their shoulders are like as wide as you are tall, like... I'm like, this is, I feel like I need to put in work. I feel like it, there's, a, there's a part of it that's kind of, man, I, I feel a little insecure. But there was a big part of me that was like, man, I need to go to the gym. I need to prove. I need to prove to these men that I can do it. But I was thinking about it. Johnny faces, Johnny's a, a little bit bigger than me, but he faces guys this size all the time. I go, that is not the right time for me. If I were on the field, I give Johnny so much credit because of his courage. Because if I was lined up against someone that big, I'd be like, this is not the right time. I'm going to sit down. (laughs) But so often, God calls us 
when maybe we don't feel that the time is right, but He knows we need it. He knows the time is right. You know, just like with Ezekiel, God desires that we not only say the right things, but that we prove the right things. And as he goes through this passage, he kind of constantly reminds, now is the time. In the first chunk, in 2 Corinthians 6, he says, Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. In great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, beatings, imprisonments, riots, hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger. You know, the Bible says that no matter what the times are like, now is the time. And I remember when we were in Orange County, we kept hearing about everything that was going on in Kiev and in the Ukraine. If, you, if you're following ICOC Hot News, during the conflict between the Ukraine and Russia, so many of our disciples were displaced. Their homes had been destroyed. The, the economy had completely crashed. They were, we were taking up so many special offerings and contributions just to support the church. Because this was one of their direst, darkest times as a fellowship. I remember Gordon Ferguson going out to meet with Sean Wooten, the church leader, and just weeping over kind of the state of the nation, but also of the church. But as difficult as that time was, they were seeing people coming out to church in numbers that they had never seen before. They were, in this time of disaster, literally watching God bring dozens upon dozens upon hundreds of people to the church. And it was one of their most fruitful times. Even now, as they rebuild, the church continues to grow. And, you know, we can look at our own lives and go, God, now is not the right time. Maybe financially, I'm not in the right spot that I want to be in for you to do something. God, maybe you're calling me to serve in a capacity, but, but this is just beyond my limit. And we've got to understand, wait a minute. God is saying... No, 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 now is the time. I will make it work. And I, I want to really lift up Ray and Ganon Brown, some of our shepherds in the campus ministry, and also uh, family group leaders in the marriage ministry. Ray and Ganon work full-time jobs, have a, a clan of children, you know what I'm saying, that are amazing, but... But, I mean, they're running around. They're, that is a full-time job. So they've got three full-time jobs between the two of them. They serve as family group leaders in the marriage ministry, campus shepherds in the campus ministry, host the campus ministry at their house, I would say, at least every other week. I go, oh my gosh. Because if I was in that situation, I would feel, God, now is not the right time. Now is not the time for me to be opening up my home. Now is not the time for me to be asking the students, who's studying the Bible? How can I help? What can I give? Will you want to come over to my house? Let me serve you. I would not be asking that. But the Browns consistently give their whole hearts. They're proving that now is the time. How are we doing? 
when it comes to just the situations that we can find ourselves in, do we make those excuses? Or do we hold on to when God says, no, 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 now is the time? Are we commending ourselves to God? And a good question to ask yourself is, in my mind, when is a good time? Because I know for the, for the college students, and even for high school students, we can feel like, oh, you know what, when I get out of high school, when I get to college, then will be the time. Then I can study the Bible, or then I can, I'll go share my faith, or let me lead a Bible. You know, for college students, oh, when I get out of college, let me... But I look at the Browns, and I go, man, when you all get out of college, things are going to get crazy. <laughs> right? We like to think, okay, just when I get beyond this hump, I'm going to have more time. That is literally never the case. Right? You get married, and then you have kids, and then your kids go to college, and then there's so many stages of life where in our minds, when we're not seeing things the way that God sees them, we go, there's no time. And we've got to refocus our minds. We've got to refocus our attitudes when it comes to God. And when it comes to the situations we find ourselves in. You know, now is the time. When it comes to your personal relationship with God, he says, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and sincere love, in truthful speech and the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, we commend ourselves. I don't know about you guys, but it almost never feels like the right time either whenever it comes to working on my character. Someone goes, bro, can I help you out with something? I want to go, now is not the right time. I've actually got to go somewhere, and us, we can talk like next week. That sounds good. You know, and, you, and we can kind of dodge the bullet there or try to really run from this. But how are we doing when it comes to our personal relationships with God. Is now the time, in your mind, is now the time for me to grow in my purity? For me to grow in my connection? For me to grow in my humility? Are you walking every day, okay, now is the time. I must do this. We have got to make that effort. We have got to commend ourselves to God in that way. We cannot become a ministry of disciples whose very own discipleship is so stale that it changes nothing. That we don't change and the world around us doesn't change. You know, I love that midweek we had a couple months ago where Ken rolled out the vision for the West Side. I don't know how many of us are still thinking about that. Or still praying about that? But I think that's a good question. Are, do we still have a dream for the West Side? Do we still have a dream for our ministry? Are we, commend, are we proving, establishing that, no, 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 Chaz, this dream is still alive in the West. We want to grow. I remember when we conversations I've had when we've set, especially with the campus ministry during rush week, which is the first week of school. That's the week that the most amount of students are on campus. And we'll set sharing goals. 
And sharing goals can be sensitive. It can be a sensitive topic. When it comes to how many, you know, setting a goal on how many people I'm going to reach out to on a daily basis. Because I know in the past, as a movement that's been abused, and, and a lot of people have been hurt by such things as goals, or such things as numbers, when it came to quantifying, wow, am I a good disciple based on this number? And I, and I get that. that. That's a scary place to live when your discipleship, in, in your mind, kind of depends on, what, what, what was my number today? What was my number tomorrow? That can be scary. But I think having a goal that we're pursuing for the sake of getting people to heaven, not for the sake of a litmus test on your discipleship, but I don't remember people going to heaven being like a legalistic topic. When brothers go, Chaz, I feel like you're legalistic. I go, bro, if if that gets more people to heaven, I'll take that. Because last time I checked, that was our goal. Last time I checked, Jesus said, go and make disciples. So numbers aside, discipleship aside, I go, bro, you are a great disciple. Those numbers do not determine that. But we have got to be concerned, are people going to heaven? Is our ministry growing? Not for the sake of looking at other regions or looking at this church, but the very fact, are people going to go to heaven because of our ministry? That's got to concern us. I love Ken's vision because when, I, when he talks about doubling our ministry, I think, man, that's, that's twice the amount of disciples. That's just, in my mind, that's just more family. That's more people that I can get to know, that I can love, that can help me get to heaven. That maybe have skills that I don't have, have insights that I don't have, wisdom that I don't have, that, that I want to learn from. Is that... Our heart, are we proving that that's our heart to God? Not on a number level, I'm talking about on a heart level. Is that what's happening? Is your personal relationship with God growing? What are you doing to make sure that it grows? These have got to be questions that we're asking ourselves. Going back to school. It's so much fun. There's so many clubs, especially on campus. There's so many clubs and different activities and, you know, students running around, I want to join this club and this club. It's like, wow, this is really, you want to be involved. There's an excitement to being involved in campus life. But are we excited to grow spiritually? Are we excited to be involved in our campus ministries, in our teen ministries as students? Is that exciting to us? Because that's huge. Whether or not you're in a million clubs, your relationship with God as a college student is going to determine so much of your future. Going into the singles ministry, going into the marrieds ministry, these ministries are going to become, in generations to come, greater and greater and greater as our campus students become more spiritual and spiritual and spiritual moving forward. You know, Paul talks about no matter what people say. He says, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters, known yet regarded as unknown. You know, he's talking about our personal relationships. 
dishonor, bad report. You know, in these moments, are we still proving? Or do we let other people's opinion of us shape our discipleship? I remember working jobs where I was afraid to tell people that I was a Christian or afraid to invite them to Bible talk because it might stir up the, the kind of the smoothness of the relationships at work. I was afraid of getting ostracized, kind of, oh, that's, the, that's that Christian guy. But we, we can't, here, let's go into the break room, talk to him, he's over by shoes. I worked at Big Five, and they start you at shoes, so that's... <laughs> there's like a whole wall, and you've just got to know everything, it's the worst. But, but is that something that shapes in your classrooms, at your job, on your, the sports teams that your kids are on? Does the atmosphere of the people there shape what our discipleship looks like? Or are you the same person when you're having a quiet time as you are through the rest of your day? That's proving. When that's who we are. When we can prove, even with with other people, through good report and bad report, who we belong to. When we can prove where we come from and the family that we're connected with. And finally, he says, with what we feel. He closes with, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. That no matter what we feel, we still prove. That can be the hardest part, I think, for me. Because there are days, church, that I'll be open. I don't feel like sharing my faith. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that. There are days I wake up and I go, you know what? I I don't feel like going to campus and getting rejected like 30 times today. That's, That's not at the top of my, I really want this to happen today, list. You know, I can feel, bro, I don't want to go into this D time and challenge this brother. I just... That conflict right now, I really don't feel like I want it. Or when someone, you're on the other end, you're the one being challenged. You know what, I, I don't feel like I want to change right now. Or what you're saying doesn't make me feel great, and so I, I really don't want to listen. When the reality is, some of us, we've just got to humble out. One thing I love about Jesus was that Being a disciple is never about what you feel like. I love that. I don't feel like doing that. Well, that's okay. You don't have to feel like doing it. There's a good good side of that that we kind of need to grab onto. Because our feet, right, the Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all things. And we can get offended sometimes when that comes back around. And someone goes, bro, you need to be there. I don't feel like it. Bro, you need to be there. Bro, are you telling me to live my life? No, I'm telling you that what you're feeling right now is probably not accurate. What you're feeling right now, however valid, shouldn't dictate what you look like as a disciple. I didn't feel like coming, so I didn't come. When did that become like a real thing? I didn't feel like having to deal with this conflict. 
I didn't feel like being humble in this moment. I didn't feel like not being critical. I kind of wanted to be critical right now. There's a good side to Jesus that says, Matthew 28 again, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to who? Jesus. Not us. For good reason. For really good reason. He says, all the authority, that means we have zero authority. Right? And there are times when in those moments when I'm saying that and I go, I don't want to share, I don't, I go, man, I just need to be quiet and just step up to the plate. Because last time I checked, Jesus is still Lord. I remember saying that and that not being emotionally connected. Jesus is Lord when I feel like it. No, that, that wasn't what happened. I said, Jesus is Lord. End of story. And there are going to be moments when it hurts to be a disciple. There are going to be, for, for those of us studying the Bible right now, there are moments when it feels really uncomfortable to be studying the Bible and have to face yourself or have to understand and, and deal with that you're probably a sinful person. Or maybe there are some areas of your character that are not stellar. And dealing with that. But that's got to be where we hunker down and we go, wait a minute, Jesus said, now is the time. There is no better. I've got to grab onto God and I've just got to hold on. And he'll get me there. Is that where our hearts are at this morning? You know, as I think about these things, I think about this passage. If this passage completely described everyone in this room right now, that in these hardships, we held on. That when our emotions got funky, we stayed connected to God. That no matter what people said, we stood up brave. That no matter what was going on, We remained connected to one another, connected. That at every of these points, we were commending ourselves. We were looking for opportunities to prove to God that we were His servants. Wow, what would our church look like? If that was an every single day thing. What would that look like if we just did that every day this week? And then came back next Sunday? How much different would our fellowship be? How much more excited? How much more encouraged? How, much, how many more stories in the fellowship would be, bro, you can't believe that this happened to me this week. Or sis, I was at my job, and I just opened my mouth, and you don't even, it was unbelievable. Or man, I had this D time, and I don't know how, it's like a discipling time to grow in your character. You go, I was in this discipling time, and he challenged me, and I don't know how, but I stayed really humble. I mean, he said some things that, you know, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But I sat there and I said, you know what, bro? You were right. I need to grow. Now is the time. Man, what would that look like? In my mind, that's how we get where we want to get. When I think of the West Side vision, I think, man, it's going to take that much. For us to break through kind of some of these barriers. Some of these barriers in our, in our attitudes. 
critical attitudes towards other people, or other family ministries, or other Bible talks, or leadership. Critical. We ought to break these things down. There's no room for criticalness in God's kingdom. There's no room for these attitudes, for, for any kind of excuses. We, this is where we have got to grab onto one another, grab onto God. We've got to go, we want this vision to happen. Now is the time. We're not going to wait seven more generations to see God do something great. We want to see God do something great right now. This is one area you can be impatient about. God, when are you going to do something great? Do you feel that? Do you feel kind of a, a healthy spiritual impatience? There's going to take a little bit of recklessness on our parts. You might have to go and do something that you go, I don't, for, for some of our older disciples, you go, man, if when I was 20, I would have done this. I might, I might have said this when I was a little bit younger and didn't know better. I think for some of us, we need to not know better a little bit more. I think the whole idea of no, when it comes to God, needs to kind of take a couple steps back. God can do this. We've got to believe God wants people to become disciples. God wants us to grow in our character. God wants us to become more unified. We've got to believe that. And prove that we believe it. We've got to act on this belief. And so in closing today, I want to put out some challenges. Kenny put out very decisive homework. I did not go to UCLA. So I went to like a, a state university. So my homework is not quite as formatted as cleanly or decisively. But my homework is that you would pray that God would make it clear where you need to prove yourself. And what I mean by that is praying that God would make it clear, would reveal kind of these areas of your life, these areas of your character. Maybe it's your relationship with God. Maybe it's the hardships you're going through. What people are saying about you. Whatever your emotions may, whatever you're feeling, that God would reveal in these areas where you need to kind of step up to the plate and commend yourself. And talk after the prayer, because I find talks always go better after prayer. Talk to the person who's helping you to grow spiritually about how you can make decisions and plans. And not plans for how I'm going to grow in three months, plans for how you're going to grow now. Maybe you need to have a conversation where you come in and you go, okay, and you prepare. So for like the whole day, you just prayed, okay, I'm going to be completely humble. And you come into this talk and you go, okay, just let me have it. Tell me everything that you feel like I really need to grow in and be completely honest. Do that after you pray, but have that conversation. Let's do this. Let's become the ministry that God knows that we can become. Let's take these things to the next level. Let's become more unified. Let's help more people get to heaven. Let's see this incredible vision that God has for us achieved. The time is now. Amen? Amen.